Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. We've got a lot to cover in the program today. Ron Johnson pillaging and destroying the whole notion of it takes a village to raise a child. I'll get to that in just a minute. Children are the future. And uh, to cripple a fifth of our kids with poverty while forcing their families into terrible choices between childcare and food is grotesque. And America can do better. We'll, as I said, we'll get to that in a moment. And also, are gun makers making AR-15 assault weapons specifically for children? Pretty much the same thing that uh, the tobacco industry did with Joe Camel with smoking? It's, it appears to be. We'll get into that. Is Europe showing us the new normal on COVID? Major changes in how major European countries are dealing with COVID just this week. So, a lot to get into today. I want to start out with uh, my rant this morning over at HartmanReport.com. Ron Johnson is pillaging and destroying the very concept that it takes a village to raise a child. He was interviewed by a TV station the other day in Wisconsin. He was out hustling money. He was at uh, Quick Trip, uh, which is a company that donates. It's a you know it's fast food uh, franchise, and they donate money to uh, pretty much exclusively Republicans. Most of their money went to the RNC last year. Uh, $400,000, or at least from their employees and executives. And so, you know, he was there trying to hustle up some cash. And, and basically, you know, he was asked the question, you know, as the old African saying goes, does it take, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. He was asked that question, and he basically said no. Uh, here's exactly what he said. I've never felt it was society's responsibility to take care of other people's children. Wait a minute. If America is American society, who are the other people? We're not talking about taking care of the children of Germany. We're talking about taking care of American children. First of all, his sentence doesn't make any sense. But just, you know, he added that it wasn't just his philosophy that rich people's tax dollars shouldn't help children in poverty get decent nutrition or housing. He thinks if those tax dollars are used to help out struggling families in America, it'll actually be bad for this country. This senator, who's worth over $39 million, argued that the trillions of dollars the U.S. government spends every year going to 
presumably going to things like uh, defense contractors and oil industry subsidies are just fine, but not a friggin' penny to families. Johnson lectured the uh, reporter from a lacrosse TV station. He said, if you're proposing the government incur even more deficit spending to provide for child care for parents, I don't see how that's a solution at all. That's just going to exacerbate the problem. The problem, of course, is the brutal reality that one in five American children live in poverty. Of the 35 wealthiest and most developed countries in the world, we are number 34. We're at the bottom of the list. The only country worse than us is Romania. 13 million American children live in food insecure homes, a, a clinical sounding social work phrase that means kids go to bed hungry. 13 million. For millions of these kids, the school lunch programs were basically their only source of good nutrition. And last year was a really rough one for that. A lot of kids were not in school. You know, Johnson is characterizing the world through the lens of the world, the America that he grew up in back in the 1950s. Ron Johnson's an old fart. And back when he was growing up in the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, Dad went to work at a good union job and mom stayed home with the kids in two parent families. And this is what he's saying. Oh, yeah, we, you know, we're still the beaver to Cle beaver cleaver world. Uh, no, today, three out of five American children need health care or need child care because there's literally no one home during the day. Because in three out of five, two family American households, both parents have to work to maintain the same standard of living that one parent working could have maintained before Reaganism destroyed the American middle class. Between 1980, and, and then on top of that, to, you know, to, to rub salt in the wound, between 1985, the middle of the Reagan administration, and 2011, the last time I've seen you know, a good study of these numbers, child care costs rose 70%. Today, child care cost, it consumes half the income of poor working families, a third of the family income of low income working families. It now costs in America the same to send your kids to childcare as it does to send them to college, in a state college. Other countries around the world invest in their kids. Australia pays half the cost of childcare. In Belgium, childcare costs families a flat one euro a day. Yeah, a euro is about what? I think it's around a dollar ten now. In Ireland, it's 180 euros a month for two kids, but the government gives you a $290 a month children's allowance to cover that along with food and other necessities. If you live in Canada, childcare costs run from seven to $20 Canadian dollars a day. In Korea, Austria, Greece, and Hungary, the amount that you pay for childcare is capped at 4% of your family's income. But in the US, the average family cost for childcare is $9,589. So what should they do? What should families do? Well, according to Ron Johnson and the Republican Party, screw you, you're on your own. Johnson's also pitching this very rich white person idea that all pregnancies are a choice that parents make. He said, quote, people decide to have families and become parents. That's something they need to consider when they make that choice. Apparently, nobody has ever told Ron Johnson that occasionally people get pregnant without intending to. In fact, 45% of all children in America are the result of unintended pregnancies. I know I am. I mean, this is fairly common. But given that Johnson opposes the right of women to get an abortion if they have an unattended pregnancy, is he arguing that women should only have sex when they want to have babies? I mean, is he really that 
primitive and chauvinistic in his worldview? Apparently. But the most galling and disgusting part of Johnson's politics, shared by pretty much every Republican politician in the United States, is his belief that you know, those, that phrase, governments are instituted among men, from the Declaration of Independence, uh, was not to provide for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but to subsidize billionaires so they can shoot themselves in outer space on the taxpayer's dime. Our kids today are not only our kids today, they are also going to raise the next generation of children and will themselves need the simple components of the normal infrastructure maintained by pretty much every other developed country in the world to do it successfully, to interrupt the cycles of poverty and trauma that are damaging so many children today. And there's real measurable damage. The studies on this are just huge, the damage of poverty, growing up in poverty. They, these kids need to grow up in an America where health care, education, housing, public transportation, and good jobs are available to everybody. Republicans like Johnson, of course, oppose we the people collectively doing any of these things for Americans who weren't born rich. Children of the future of our country and to cripple a fifth of our kids with poverty while forcing their family into f terrible choices between childcare or food is grotesque. Americans can do better than Republicans like Ron Johnson. And hopefully this fall, voters in Wisconsin will agree. Will in Broomfield, Colorado. Hey, Will, what's up? Hey, Tom. You're talking about Ron Johnson today kind of ties into what you were talking about yesterday, about what conservatives really believe. And, and I just wanted to throw this in there. Ron Johnson is a perfect example of what conservatives believe, because conservatism, and this goes all the way back to Thomas Hobbes, conservatism is all about preserving the status quo in which the conservative has the advantage. Well, it's pretty much the definition they, of conservative. There's no change. That is, it, that is it exactly. And so what Ron Johnson is doing, he's using a common conservative tool that people have used for ages, is, that conservatives have used for ages, is that if somebody who's not in their group runs the risk of becoming empowered, they've got to shoot it down. Hmm. So they'll come up with any rationale they can. So if... Uh, so it's my body, my choice for anti-vaxxers, but not for women who uh, want to have bodily autonomy when, uh, when it comes to birth control. My body, my choice. That's the emphasis. Right. So Ron Johnson is saying, no, poor people, they don't, want, they don't need power. I don't want them to have power. If they have power, they're going to oppose me. And so I'm going to come up with them and say, no, they don't need health care. They don't need these benefits. Uh, because that will make them, that'll get them, nah, this is a bad word for it, but that'll, that'll encourage them. Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, we got along this way for a nice long time. Why can't we continue to get along this way? Uh, you know, exactly. It's, uh, especially, exactly. you know, and, as long as white people are in charge and big business is in charge and giant corporations are in charge. And, you know, this is how it says the guy worth $39 million, uh, Ron Johnson. Uh, yeah, like Christian men, exactly. Yeah. That yeah. it's it's all basically conservatism. Yeah. It's all about. So so will even mind you, you, you're on your own. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So will in your opinion, what would be the best way to message against this? Um, 
Well, I'm reminded of, uh, it's an old story, but uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut told a story. Somebody was called before the House on an American Activities Committee back in the 50s and asked, if you can, can you refer us to any uh, text or literature that inspired you to take up arms against the American way of life? And the witness says, the Sermon on the Mount, sir. <laughs> there you go. So in other words, the best way to message against Republicans saying, you know, tough luck, you're on your own, is to say, because Republicans identify as Christians, is to say, uh, so what do you hate about Jesus? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what, it, what it takes is liberals say, you know, you don't have a monopoly on Jesus or our morality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and confront and, them with that. And, and certainly Ron Johnson doesn't. Will, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well said. I appreciate it. Very well said. Uh, Jill in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Jill, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. Thanks for all that you do. But I want to say that maybe the response to Ron Johnson was reported in an article in the Wisconsin State Journal yesterday. It was a research study done at Columbia University um, where poor women were recruited to be in a a long-term study where they were given um, money monthly to um, use as they wished. And what came out of this study was that their babies did better. And it says the results suggest reducing poverty can directly affect infant brain development. And so this was also on a TV program by somebody on MSNBC yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who wants to embrace... um, the philosophy of Ron Johnson, be aware that helping poor moms can benefit their babies. So, and I think Ron Johnson is not the brightest bulb. Excellent. Excellent point, Jill. Yeah, I I saw, I saw that study. I, I, last night, in fact, I, I caught it on TV and, and, uh, and I thought I should probably plug this into the article. I never got around to it, but uh, I can always edit it back in now. It's one of the nice things about having a dynamic platform. Thanks for the, yes. thanks for reminding me of that, because you're absolutely one, right. One, Go ahead. One other thing, Tom, is that um, the article by the Associated Press also talks about the co-author of this being um, Catherine Magnuson, who is the director of the National Institute for Research on Poverty and Economic Mobility, which is based at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Cool. So this, this um, I think, has further uh, validity right. because it also comes out of our own prestigious university. And it heightens the irony that your senator is the one out there saying, yeah. child care, we don't need no stinking child care. Yeah, yeah, very, very, <laughs> yeah, very yeah, well absolutely. said. Jill, thanks okay, a lot. Thanks, Appreciate it. Susan in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Susan, what's up? Hey, good morning. Um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that oftentimes when, when Republicans and others are talking about children and poverty, they don't equate that with all the other people who are raising grandchildren, we raised a grandchild from a, from a baby to 18, and uh, he still lives with us. I'm just saying that people are not compensated for it. Oftentimes people are in Social Security, and it's just like nobody really gets the idea that there's a myriad of different family dynamics that have to be taken in consideration when you're talking about when or if you should have children. Yep. So the conversation really never gets to that. There are over half a million grandparents raising grandchildren in this country. Wow. And I bet that nobody knows that. Yeah, so, and, 
and, and, and there should be, I mean, you know, this, there should be some sort of support for this kind of thing, you would think. It, you see that in every other developed country in the world. Right. And so, I mean, there is a little bit of support, but it doesn't equate to the amount of money you spend out of your pocket, as you know, raising kids. So yeah. anyway, yeah. just wanted to make that point. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, I think the average cost of raising a child in America today, excluding college, is a little over a quarter million dollars. So it's a tough decision to make, you know, when you're when you're a young person. But uh, but like I said, 45 percent of children were not decided to, to be had. They were they were accidents, myself right. included. And that's that happened. Susan, thank you for the call. We'll be right back. Sean says me, too. And we never felt unwanted or anything. It was just, you know, <laughs> my dad had to drop out of college because I came along. Hey, things happen. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Joanne in Van Nuys, California. Hey, Joanne, what's on your mind today? Other countries, such as France, I know, subsidize child care and subsidize mothers who decide to stay home and take care of their children. They receive a monthly stipend, as do other countries. Yep. But um, the other thing I'd like to bring up, you mentioned this police chief down in Alabama. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that this is much more prevalent and it is widespread across this country, this this uh, stop sign trap. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in Connecticut personally. I mean, I literally uh, was falsely arrested, took it to federal court, and actually won, and then fled again because they kept doing it to me. Wow. There's also such a thing as civil forfeiture. Wonderful 
wonderful article written by Stillman in The New Yorker about three or four years ago in which you are stopped or your car is targeted because a cop wants the car or because they think you have cash and they take whatever you have and they take advantage of the fact that you're maybe out of state and you're not going to return for court. Right. Um, so and, and there are, yeah, that, that's that's a billion dollar business in the United States is police departments basically stealing whatever you have in your car or your wallet when they stop you for a traffic stop and getting away with it. Yep. The terror of driving alone yep. or being uh, on a highway. The other thing I'd like to say, uh, there are police departments and police chiefs. I know there was a policeman down here in Bell. Uh, California, and he was uh, being paid $500,000 a year. Now, I saw that also happen in Connecticut, and it was quotas. And when their own stand up to them, such as Adrian Schoolcraft in New York stood up to the corruption that he saw in these quota arrests, where they were just arresting people out in the street, um, he ended up being 5150. In other words, uh, they raided his home, his his uh, colleagues, and they took him off to a loony bin. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, you can check all those out. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm familiar with some of them, and I believe you on all of them. Joanne, thank you for adding to that conversation. It's a great one. Uh, let's see here. Mike in Phoenix. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, two quick things. One, about Facebook. We all know Zuckerberg is a conservative. But when I posted this message, I got 30-day suspension when I posted... Uh, Fascism is a conservative form of government. I got suspended for 30 days. But fascism is a conservative form of government. Well, I know, but they don't want, Facebook doesn't want the truth because it might offend other people. And we know Zuck is definitely a conservative. And the second thing about the Supreme Court, is it political? Well, Republicans make it political. Yeah. Yeah. And I suggest every Democrat out there to get out in the midterms to save the country by saving the Supreme Court from them. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and get ready, by the way. Uh, the writing newsletter this morning was just filled with all these right wing websites right now are like, oh, Biden's going to rep- put a black woman on the court. So he's going all racist, is he? You know, he's going to start a race war in America. Oh, he's gonna, there's going to well, be a revolt. Yeah, we, you know, know, we know conservatives are just <laughs> power and everything else and talk about pro-life christians you can't have an abortion but they can't yeah exactly hypocrisy knows no bounds hypocrisy and everything else but like i said i got it republicans make the supreme court political and we got to too yeah i'm with you mike mike thank you very much john in center ossipi new hampshire hey john what's on your mind today hey tom how are you it's good to talk to you again um, this one note I just want to throw aside to you is, I, I got a white supremacist leaflet left in my front door yesterday. Really? What, what did it say? Oh, I mean, how do you know it was white about, supremacist? Uh, yeah, it's, it's talking about, you know, true Christianity of the white race. and I mean, Holy it was just Right up front. Yep. Wow. Yep. And well, they're they're becoming evangelists. I mean, they're all yep. over there. They're, they're, they're starting to evangelize in the high schools now. Yep, they actually were in suits. I went back and looked at my cameras, my, my doorbell camera, mm-hmm. and they were in suits dropping their stuff off. Wow, looking like they Absolutely. were uh, Mormons. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, evil Mormons. Let's put yeah. it that Although way. the Mormons but were anyways. white supremacists up until 1987, I'm pretty sure that was the year that they 
they dropped their doctrine that the mark of Cain uh, references in the Bible uh, that, that we should shun people who had the mark of Cain, uh, you'll recall, because he killed Abel. You know, God said, you will be shunned because you'll have this mark on your forehead, um, that that was blackness. And that was official Mormon policy right up until the, uh, as I recall, 87, but some, sometime in the 1980s. So anyway, yep. back to you, John. All right. Um, yeah, just one quick question, and it, this, this is just driving me insane. What do you think Biden should do? Um, you know, personally, I think he should address the nation on all these issues, but he has a, doesn't have a clear understanding how inflation is really created. When they printed that much money during the COVID um, shutdown, that's, you know, that's, 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 that's inflation. But then we forget that Trump stopped the Fed from raising interest rates when the economy was good prior to COVID. Yeah. Which, again, creates inflation. Well, he didn't stop them, but, but uh, and, and in fact, Jay Powell, the guy who's our Fed chair right now, was, was Trump's yes. Fed chair, but, uh, and he is a Republican, and, and he is an old banker. <laughs> and, and, exactly. And, and Elizabeth Warren is talking about there's a scandal at the Fed right now. I want to get her on and talk about the scandal at the Fed. She teased it last night uh, at the end of Chris Hayes' oh, show, and then he had to cut her off because he was running out of time. But, but that, I was like, whoa, Elizabeth Warren is talking about a scandal at the Fed, really? Um, but, yeah, yeah. but he yeah. would know. She the other thing, know. the other thing that nobody's talking about, John, with regard to inflation, is that you know Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, has been they cut their production, and which has driven up the price of oil. And when the price of oil goes up, the price of everything goes up. Um, the yep. the downside to this, and apparently the reason why he's doing it, is he doesn't like Democrats in power. He wants Trump back. He wants he wants Republicans who who love you know royalty and kings rather than democracy, uh, but yes, also uh, you know that that's the one side of it, kind of the downside of it. But the flip side of it is that by raising the price of oil, you're suddenly making alternative energy, green energy, far more attractive. I mean you know it's 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 less expensive now to get even you know to get to get your power from solar or wind than from fossil fuels as a result of this. Yeah, yeah, that's what Radical. Jimmy Carter tried to promote, if you remember, back in the day. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember it well. And Jimmy Carter did a great, you know, and put it, put the solar panels on the rooftop of the White House. Then Reagan, of course, famously came in and took him took him down. But, but you know, over the short term, the 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 Saudis, are, in my opinion, are trying to hurt the Biden administration. But they may end up hurting themselves even more. Uh, you know, time will tell. But uh, yeah, John, good to hear from you. Thanks a lot for the call. Don in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Don, what's on your mind? Morning. I, I just about the illegal police stops, mm-hmm. and and they do happen. It happened to me in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and the police stopped me, and they took my vehicle, they took money out of my wallet, they arrested me, took me a couple hundred bucks to to get my vehicle back. I spent a night in jail. It does happen, wow. and I tried to go to court, and the the. Uh, Attorney told me that they would tear they tear apart the eyewitness on the stand because he he was not credible, mm-hmm. and it just happened in a in a kind of a bad area of town and it it's, it does happen. I was I, I was a victim, yeah. and I don't care if they come after after me. Is it is police officer Jones and police officer Adkins in Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm hoping that they're no longer in the force, but. Yeah. 
I, I just wanted Did to you file a formal complaint of any kind with the city council or with the police department or with any police oversight board in Maryland? Yes, the uh, there was a civilian board. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the uh, I don't know what the hell they call that. Well, that's okay. What happened um, when you filed the report? Uh, they they sent a letter back and and the police claimed that I was being disorderly. <laughs> no, by, I was by not filing being the report. No, by by they they claimed that they stopped me, and I don't know why oh, they stopped me because you were being after disorderly. They stopped me, then then they they claimed I was being disorderly, and that amazing. and uh, yeah, amazing. it was absolutely amazing. And where and that was in Baltimore. That was in Baltimore, Maryland. Yes, that's uh, Freddie Gray territory, there right? Other, there was some other people that came up from Washington D.C. that that went to a ball game, and they went took the wrong street because there was some construction, and yeah. they experienced the same thing. Yep. Got it done. Thanks, Brad in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Hey, Brad, what's on your mind today? Speaking to conservative Christians, Jesus, I would have this to say to them, you claim to believe in Christ and his teachings, and when Christ said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, why are you trying to overthrow a duly elected government? Jesus argued for separation of church and state in that statement. Yep, and, quite clearly. But to me, to me, if they claim to be Christian, you follow his teaching. And that is one of the most pertinent to our life here on Earth. I think this is probably one of the most vulnerable areas for Republicans right now, because the Republican Party has become basically the party of white Christians or people who call themselves Christians. And they don't understand their own Christianity. They obviously either don't understand or want to continue to embrace their own white privilege. And uh, but but the the the. Uh, the fundamental teachings of Jesus, the fundamental teachings of Christianity, are completely at odds with the with the uh, positions, shall we say, of the of the Republican Party. Uh, spot on. Brad Well said. Thank you very much, Jeff in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind today? Well, hi, Tom. Our uh, governor Kim Reynolds and our Republican Senate and House seem to think that the big problem that we're having uh, getting people back to work uh, is, I think, basically is because they're just basically lazy and worthless and want to draw off the government. Uh, They're talking about now cutting unemployment back, uh, benefits back to 12 weeks. Uh, They're talking about cutting food stamps. Uh, they're going to start looking into people and checking their financial status because evidently they think a bunch of rich people, I guess, are getting these benefits. And uh, it all goes back to Kim Reynolds was one of those that thought that if I get rid of that $300 uh, a week uh, benefit, all these people will rush right back into the, the workplace. Right. Well, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. And, and, the, and there were multiple studies in multiple states because you had a bunch of, of states, I, I believe your state, Iowa, was one of them, that cut off those $300 a week benefits about three months earlier than the federal government allowed them to be, you know, or, or who was willing to pay for them. And so you've got, uh, you know, a whole bunch of states that cut them off three months early and a whole bunch of states that didn't. So you got an apples and oranges comparison, you know, and or apples with, <laughs> with uh, unemployment insurance and apples without unemployment insurance. And people didn't go back to work when that 300 bucks got cut off. They just started getting 
poorer. People don't want to take their lives in their hands in the middle of a friggin' pandemic. I mean, you know, is Kim Reynolds that stupid, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, it goes back to every Republican you talk to. The What's happened here, and people are lazy that they don't want to work because they got Joe Biden's uh, benefit money. It's all about the Democrats giving away all this money, and that's the problem with our unemployment situation. Yeah, which is the, which is the story. You know, and I get it. This is the story that the right-wing billionaires are spreading because they don't want their taxes to go up. They don't want to have to pay for them. How dare you use my tax dollars? I worked hard for those billions of dollars that I inherited from my daddy, um, or that I, you know, I was able to build using, you know, building a, mo a monopoly <laughs> because Reagan yeah, stopped enforcing the law. Also, I was a right to work for less state. You think mm. that might have something to do with it? Oh yeah. So so uh, union. So pretty much no unions in Iowa, right? No. And, you know, a, a lot of the jobs that were lacking of the workforce is basically uh, small restaurants and things like that, you know, because right. that's the big employer in Iowa is your small uh, uh, convenience stores, local restaurants and things like that. You know, well, it's just hard to get people to come back out. And like you say, if they're nervous about COVID and COVID right now, we were testing at 25.2% positive. Whoa, so it's ripping through the state right now. So, so Jeff, uh, we've got about 20 seconds here. Are you hearing pushback against Kim, Kim Reynolds in Iowa, or is everybody, you know, just, you know, doing the old Sieg Heil? You don't hear much here because it's so, it's become so red. Mm. Uh, very little that you hear any pushback, and our and then our media pretty much seems to support red. You know, even yeah. our local affiliate stations. If if it's something comes up a little rough about Republicans, it's pretty much kept quiet. Interesting, Jeff. Thank you for the call. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I wanted to flag for you this as we're keeping track of what's going on with COVID across the United States and across the world. 
The United Kingdom has uh, just on, on, as of today, or at least not the United Kingdom, England, one of the countries within the United Kingdom, uh, today England brought an end to the legal requirement for face coverings and COVID passes to access certain venues. This is, uh, uh, Boris Johnson's referring to this as Plan B. So, uh, the, you know, the measures that they had put into place before Christmas to stop Omicron, they're now uh, looking at it and saying, okay, it looks like we're kind of on the backside of the Omicron surge, and so we're going to just head back toward normal. And it's not just the UK. You'll recall a week or three ago, maybe a month ago, uh, I pointed out that the Netherlands had just gone back into lockdown. And I, I mean, serious lockdown, like, you know, you can't leave your apartment kind of lockdown, um, you know, unless it's to get food or go to work. And that is going to end on February 1st, which is next Monday or Tuesday, as I recall, right? One or the other. Um, so uh, the COVID cases now have peaked and are falling in the UK. Uh, in France and Germany, however, they're still at near records. Uh, Wednesday, France just reported 428,000 cases in one day. Germany reported 164,000 cases in one day. Um, so neither of them are backing off yet. I'm thinking that the way this is playing out has to do with how rural a country, or in the case of the United States, a state or region are. Because I'm guessing that the virus, you know, a, a virus this highly contagious, this highly transmissible, spreads faster in high-density housing in cities than it does in low-density housing in rural areas. And there's probably a middle ground in suburban areas. And, uh, you know, England has a lot of rural areas. There's no doubt about that. But they, they have a really high-quality mass transit system all over the country, and people are very mobile. And um, so it would make sense that it's spread fast and it's peaking fast and it's, and it's going away fast. I lived in Germany. Um, we lived in a little town of about 15,000 people, Stadtsteinach. Um, there was a little town down the road from us. It was about a five-mile drive through the forest called Gumpersdorf that had maybe 12 houses. I mean, it's, you know, rural Germany and rural France. Uh, our our son-in-law is, is French-Canadian and we... We spent two weeks in France a couple of years ago and with him and, and our daughter and their kids and and because uh, he speaks fluent French and it was just it was, it was the first really good visit of France I'd ever seen. And the other thing I learned is that France has, you know, huge areas just like Germany does, like the United States does, that are just very, very rural. And so I'm guessing that the virus and this is just my opinion, I'm not quoting any authorities here, but um, it seems like common sense would suggest that those areas that are rural and don't have, you know, regular and frequent exposure to the rest of the country are probably going to be the laggards. Now, it's not, they're, they're not in total isolation. You know, they are getting, even Gumpersdorf, you know, uh, well, Gumpersdorf actually didn't have a store, but, uh, the, you know, those people who lived there would go into Kulmbach or into Stadtsteinach and uh, or even if they, you know, really wanted to get crazy, you know, go off to Kronach or something like that and, and you know, have a beer. Or Coburg. Coburg was down the road. It's a, probably the biggest big city in the area. And um, when they do that, they'll bring the disease back to their town. But, uh, and, and this is what we're seeing here. I, I know here in Oregon, I get a daily report from the Oregon Department of Health on COVID in Oregon. And what we're seeing is that the red counties in this state are just really getting hammered. 
And uh, if you look at red counties all over the United States, what you see is that de the death rates are not just higher, but you know, orders anywhere from multiples to an order of magnitude higher, from two times, three times, four times higher in red counties than blue counties, all the way up to as much as 10 times higher in red counties, the death rates, the serious illness rates, because they're tracking the infection rates. And, and, and also now with Omicron, which can infect people who've been vaccinated, they're tracking the unvaccinated rate. Our hospitals now all across the United States are filled with people with COVID, but they're almost all, we're talking like in some cases, 99.1% unvaccinated people who are in the hospital with COVID. And so what we have now is a crisis of the unvaccinated. We have a pandemic, as Joe Biden said a couple of weeks ago, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And, uh, and Europe doesn't quite have that problem. In, in Europe, you've got very, very high levels of vaccination. Um, and, and here in the United States, eh, not so much. I mean, we've got counties where the vaccination rates are well below 50%. I, I doubt there is much of that. There, there is, I know some of that is going on in rural parts of France and Germany, which may also be why they're still having problems and their hospitals are slammed. I don't think that's so much the case in the UK, or at least in England. But I thought it was, uh, you know, an interesting um, factoid that I wanted to share with you. So all that said, Pick up your phone calls here. Leo in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Leo, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom, how are you? Uh, I, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to go back to what you were talking about earlier with the child tax credits and that one uh, Republican uh, senator, but for, you know, and what he was saying that, you know, he's for protecting the millionaire's money and all. Um, the well, the one thing that I did want to say is when I when I argue with the, you know my Republican buddies about like borders you know and they take things to the extreme and say oh well if you want immigration reform you want open borders if you're pro-choice then oh you want babies killed you know I'm I'm hoping to have a discussion with you that you know as far as the child tax credit goes I think that there should be some responsibility put on the parents. Um, I am not for kids in poverty. Um, I'm not, you know, saying that I like that. But I think that the solution would be to, yes, tax rich people, uh, cut the defense budget, take that money. And instead of giving a reward, you always say that, you know, taxes, we use taxes to guide society as far to as modify behavior. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I don't see why people should get a tax credit for having, you know, the more children they get, the more money they get. We already pay for the delivery costs if you can't afford it, uh, food, housing, this and that. I mean, no, it's not at a great level. We don't really. There's, there's no end. You know, the more you spend, it just seems like the more there is to, you know, to spend sure. on. Whereas the solution would be. To put that money towards, you know, take all that money and put it towards education, free health care, because, you know, more educated people are more responsible, you know, as far as uh, childbirth. Um, if you want to get rid of racism, you know what? Educated people are less racist. You know, I, I think the statistics would show. They do. Than yes. But um, let's take a giant step back, Leo. We have a, an economic system, and, and, and frankly a political system, because they, they can't neither exist in a vacuum and they interact with each other. And probably the best example of that is, 
is, uh, you know, the way that we deal with health care in the United States, for example. But we have an economic system that is run in a way that somebody can play the game the way that they're supposed to. They can work 40 hours a week. They can get a full-time job and still be in grinding poverty. That, yeah. that is not the case in Denmark. That is not the case in Norway or Sweden. That is not the case in Germany or France. And it's only marginally the case in the United Kingdom, um, you know, which is still suffering under Thatcherism. I would say that if, if you, and, and you're right, you know, if you reward people for having children, you may get more children. Probably not a lot of people say, hey, let's have a baby because we can get free childcare. I really don't sure. think that happens. But, but around, the, around the edges, you know, there would be a small effect like that. But if we want to say, okay, we're not going to simply hand people money who have children, um, then let's set up an economic system. Let's raise the minimum wage to, to $18 an hour or something like that. You know, or, what, or actually, it's, it's only you know, $7.25 an hour right now. Let's raise it to $15 an hour nationwide as a start. And, and then you're going to have a whole lot of families who won't need to have food assistance and housing assistance. But with childcare, it's, it's kind of a unique problem because when Reagan came along, he said, we're gonna end the single worker household and we're gonna shift to two worker households. If you look at household income in the United States right now, it's a, uh, inflation adjusted, it's about where it was in 1980 when Reagan came into power. In other words, household income has remained flat. What has changed is we have gone from, in 1980, the average uh, the average household had 1.2 people working, and today the average household has 2. Point, I think it's 2.3 people working. In other words, mom went to work, or dad went to work right. if mom was the one who was working. And and so if we're going to have an economy that and which is what neoliberalism and Reaganism and 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 to some extent Bill Clintonism gave us, if we're going to have an economy where both parents must work. Uh, and, uh, you know, assuming that, you know, they, one of them might rather, you know, stay home and stay, care for the children, then at the very least we have to provide child care. I mean, you know, this $9,000 a year, $9,600 a year is the average cost of child care in America. That's brutal. And, and I totally agree with that. Um, it, it's, the, it's the cash $300. It's almost like a bounty that I'm against. And I totally yeah. agree with you. If we would focus more on like going back to uh, union jobs and minimum wage and treat the treat the problem rather than the symptom, yeah, just throwing money at the symptom, I think we'd all be a lot better off. Yeah, I get it, Leo, and and I don't. I, I think we're saying essentially the same thing in very slightly different ways, but uh, good points all. Thank you very much, Leo. Thanks for the call. You said it very clearly. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind? Well, Tom, I was thinking, uh, I hate to throw a wet blanket on the optimism of uh, the retirement of Stephen Breyer, but I have serious doubts, at least questions, that any black woman who isn't to the extreme right of Clarence Thomas will be confirmed to the Supreme Court anytime soon. You're not the only person saying this, although Joe Manchin just came out and said that he's willing to consider somebody who is way to his left as a Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> Uh, has he, we haven't heard from Kirsten Cinema yet, though. Of course not. Well, but you see, of course, the strategy will be not that we object to a black woman. It's this this particular this exactly. particular black woman, this nominee, whoever that person turns out to be, had a problem back when she was in college. She got drunk or something. It'll be a, exactly what they <laughs> said about Brett Kavanaugh. But this right. time, it'll be serious. And so, no, we can't confirm her. I will predict that 
that uh, President Biden's first nominee will actually end up being withdrawn, and they'll 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 and they'll play this one out until the election. And I just heard you know what Susan Collins said earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Said yeah, well you know we need to take our time with this nomination process and these hearings because after all it is a lifetime appointment. Right. I mean they twenty seven days with, uh, for Amy Amy COVID Barrett. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? See that woman is just like the rest of the United States. The body of the United States Senate is not, no longer, the most prestigious deliberative body in the history of mankind. It is completely degenerated into hypocrisy and obstruction. And, you know, and Susan Collins, in her affected manner of speaking, is just, it's just so untrustworthy. And you're going to get the same thing from Joe Manchin. And Kirsten Cinema. listen, two people who cannot stand up for voting rights which is a really important thing for people of color, are not going to confirm a woman of color to the highest court in the land. I well, just, I, I just, I hope gonna, you're wrong, you're, Paul. Uh, you're not, as I said, you're not the only person saying it, and you may well be right, and we'll see how your prediction plays. I'm not making any predictions on this one. I, I hope I'm wrong, too. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, too. Okay. Can, can, I approach, can I just quickly say something about one of the conservative memes that you opened the show with? Sure. The... The idea that conservatives say that government is the only entity that has the power to kill you. Right. <laughs> Nothing could be more false. Okay. People kill each other every day. It's actually government. No, the legal the power. Only, they, well, no, you, there you have the legal power to, 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 to kill someone in self-defense. Self it is a meme. It's all full of, when I sit there and I hear stuff like that, I sit and think, how is this not true? And I explore mm. it, and I, and I work it out, and... The government has the government really is not even the only legal power that has the right to protect you from being killed by killing somebody else. In fact, the government has point. and look at this. In this is mostly the death penalty for instance is is primarily in a matter at the state level and the states that have the death penalty are right-wing red with red states. Well, I wasn't I was so you know, typically when conservatives talk about this, they're not talking about the death penalty. They're, t they're talking about uh, men with guns coming to collect your taxes. No such thing. No such thing ever happened. Men they don't come men don't come with guns to collect your taxes. It's a big Actually, actually you know, I know of a, at least one case where it did happen, uh, some tax protesters in Michigan. They got hauled off to jail for not paying their taxes for years. And that, that was back in the 70s, late, early 70s, when I was doing news at WITL. Because the cops well, came to us and said, don't re please don't report on it. The last guns that were hauled out, as far as I remember, was Clive and Bundy and his gang pointing guns at federal agents. Yeah, and they did. you can't take my taxes. They, they, and they definitely got away with that. And they got away with that. So it, it's, just a, it's just a meme there's a bunch of BS that goes unchallenged, and, and it's it's not true. And there are so many uh, nuances to that. I mean, as to who can kill who, and whether killing somebody is murder, and all you have to go yeah. back to is there's a number of high-profile. Well, let me trials. let me back it up then and say the only entity that has the legal power to imprison you is government. <laughs> well, but that's not their that's not their line. They are, they always say kill you. Yeah, I got it. Paul, thanks a lot for the call. It's your media support group for We the People. Back with more right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. So scientists back in the 1970s, oh, geeky science, by the way. This is our geeky science alert. Scientists back in the 1970s, when you know computers were the size of buildings, uh, used this giant computer to predict exactly when society was going to collapse. It was published by the Club of Rome back in the. In fact, I remember when this was published. You know, the doomsday. When when society going to fall apart? And they were saying around 2040. And uh, you know, and and this had to do with the part of it, this was the limits of growth. You know, how how much can human population expand? How much can we wipe out the biosphere? How much can we? Yeah, uh, you know, d destroy nature basically before nature bites back. And what they were saying was, you know, around 2040 is going to happen. Well, uh, another set of researchers, a more recent set of researchers, uh, which is published in the American Scientist, did a uh, a remodel of this. You know, decades later, and what they found was that basically the assumptions still hold up. That math that the Club of Rome was publicizing back in in uh, 19 in the 1970s still stands and you know we're looking at maybe 20 more years of civilization if we don't change our ways now, that's the bad news the good news is the scientists looking at this are saying okay the inputs in these models assume that the world does not shift to green green energy that the world does that that, that countries don't start you know uh, uh, taking care of themselves rather than arming for war constantly that that we don't uh, reduce our carbon footprint, that we don't reduce our, our, our larger footprint on the earth. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole recycling thing and stuff like that, the, the ex extraordinary amount of waste we're putting out, all the plastics in the ocean. You know, there's now more plastic in the environment than all the animal matter in, on earth. All animals combined weigh less than all the plastic on this planet combined. I mean, that's, that's how bad it's gotten. But there are ways to fix it. And the key finding in this new study that looked at that 1970s study and then the 2009 rerun of the study, they both came to the same conclusion. Oh, my God, 2020, 2040 is the, is the end point. Uh, they're, adding, they're now saying the key finding of our new study is that we still have a choice to align with a scenario that does not end in collapse with the innovation in business along with new developments by government and civil society. We can create a more sustainable world. Whew! Dodge the bullet, right? Uh, speaking of dodging bullets, remember Joe Camel? I remember uh, one, one day when we were living in Atlanta and Louise had gone shopping. She came back from the store uh, with one of our kids, with, with uh, our son, as I recall, and said, uh, and told me this story about how there was this whole Joe Camel display at the checkout counter, and it was clearly, it was a cartoon character. It was clearly designed for kids. And she's got a little kid in the cart, and she's like, and she went to the store manager, and she said, "I, I, uh, you know, am horrified that you are marketing, to, that you are allowing this tobacco company to market to children at the checkout counter, at the one spot in the entire store that I cannot avoid. Put your tobacco over in the corner, and I won't go there. But at the checkout counter, and I believe they actually changed it in response to her her objections, but." 
now the gun industry has taken a tip from the tobacco industry. Uh, they, they don't have Joe, you know, gun-toting whatever, but uh, instead what they've come out with, this is a company in uh, Illinois, an Illinois company called WEE1 Tactical. They've come out with a new gun, which is an AR-15 specifically marketed for and to children. AR-15s, of course, are the uh, assault weapons, the, 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 you know, the military style, they're, they're, they're weapons of war that were used, for example, well, they've been used in, in many of the mass shootings. You know, the one in Las Vegas where, what, 500 people got shot, um, the one down in Texas, uh, the Sandy Hook, uh, things like this. Well, this is, the, the ad says the JR-15, instead of AR, it's J, right, as in junior. The JR-15 weighs two and a half pounds less, it's 20% smaller, and a quote, this is from their ad, operates just like mom and dad's gun. It's lightweight and rugged polymer construction and ergonomics are geared toward children. They're also selling swag featuring cartoon skulls with baby pacifiers. One with bows and pigtails, another with a mohawk. Skulls, right, dead children. They are selling swag, you know, like the old Joe Camel swag. You could get Joe Camel t-shirts and stuff of dead children, two children. Josh Sugarman, the executive director of the Violence Policy Center, said that a gun maker has embraced imagery of dead children to promote gun ownership by youth surreally illustrates how detached this industry is from the death and injury that result from its products, especially among the young. Uh, he goes on, and then uh, he goes on to say in, a, in a, a report that he published called Start Them Young, how the fire industry and gun lobby are targeting your children. He says, the firearms industry and the organizations that represent their interests, including the NRA, have made it one of their top marketing priorities to promote the use of guns among Americans, America's children as young as grade school age. In doing so, the gun industry is following a trail once blazed by the tobacco industry in its efforts to entice children to smoke cigarettes. WEE1 Tactical said, the JR-15 is the first in a line of shooting platforms that will safely help adults introduce children to the shooting sports. So there's more to come. Isn't that exciting? I wonder how people in Illinois feel about this. President Biden, by the way, has said that he's going to uh, nominate, he's going to name his Supreme Court pick before the end of next month, before the end of February. Floyd in Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, Floyd, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. Good to find you well. The guy from Iowa called in. I'm a little bit off subject here, but he called in about Kim Reynolds, mm -hmm. which her name your around governor, here yeah. called Kim. Because if you quit your job because you don't want vaccinated, you can draw unemployment. Right. Yeah. But if you don't go back to work, <laughs> you know, if you're vaccinated and she took the $300 away, you know, she's just doing and cut back our voting time on early voting in our hours. I just mm -hmm. wanted to add that little tidbit into yeah. this knuckle. So, <laughs> so, so Kim Reynolds is saying a, we're going to take away the $300 because people going on unemployment makes them lazy. Uh, and that $300 makes them even, even lazier. And then she said, but if you don't want to get vaccinated and your employer requires a vaccine and you want to quit and just, you know, sit at home and eat bonbons and watch TV, we will give you unemployment. There you go. That is bizarre. 
That is bizarre. Well, I, you know, I enjoy your show. Thank, and I, thank you for taking my call. Sure, thank, sure enough, Floyd. Thank you, thanks a lot for the call. James in Portland, Oregon. Hey, James, what's on your mind today? Well, I just want to say, uh, telling people, I got bullied a lot when I was in the Navy because I'm kind of geeky and I'm small. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was going to be drafted, so I didn't want to be there. I didn't believe in the Vietnam War. Anyway, when someone yells at you as being a bully... Just look them straight in the eye and be real calm and just say your opinion of, of what, you, what the guy's yelling about. Mm-hmm. And then if he keeps coming after you, just kind of walk away. And hopefully there's people around. They're less likely to be a bully if there's people around. Yeah. So it's better to do that when there's someone around. Okay. And also, like, if a cop pulls you over... And a lot of cops are bullies because I don't, right, you know, the I don't know why. profession attracts that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So the best thing to do is be real calm, uh, do what they say, and don't don't really talk about much. Yeah. They tell you what to do, and just let it go. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I get it, and I've been there and done that, and that's good advice. James, thank you very much for the call. Jennifer in Portland, we have 30 seconds. Jennifer, you got a quick one? Yes. You know, Reagan's policy for forcing the two-person earning household, you know, it deprived parents of the ability to stay home and do the most difficult and important job that a human can do, raise your kids. Right. And everyone talks about child care, but we're not offering the option for parents to stay home for three to five years, like universal basic income. You're right. Um, I want to start a national a national conversation about paying parents to stay home with their kids because we haven't even asked parents as as they do all across europe i mean you know absolutely jennifer spot on thank you great a great point to end the show on today we'll be back tomorrow same time same place in the meantime don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport it requires all of us that includes you so get out there get active tag you're it there is so much you can do and this is a really crucial election year Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow. Tag your own if I do not. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.